This is the Criterion Podcast. Hey guys, thank you for stopping by the podcast and checking us out. Just a couple quick announcements before we start the episode. Sasu has been working hard to get us La Sierra University students exclusive discounts. On La Sierra Avenue, not too far from campus, Five Star Fuzz offering 10% discounts to students with their IDs. Also, First Class Pizza is offering 15% discounts with students with an ID. Tomorrow, Friday, March 16th at 7.30 p.m., Salsu is hosting a benefits concert featuring The Brilliance, which is going to be completely free, but donations will be collected for the Puerto Rico Disaster Relief. Hello everyone, I hope you are doing very, very well. Today we have a super fun episode. I get to chat it up with the editor-in-chief of Criterion, Charles Clayton. We get to talk about many things, including Criterion and some of the things that you guys could be expecting up ahead in spring quarter. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode. Yeah, if you want to just like... Uh, say say what's up to the people or just like so what's up everyone that listens and reads Criterion I'm so grateful for all of you yeah, it's yep. hard sometimes yeah. but I'm so yeah. grateful for every single person that's listening every single person that's involved with us everyone that's commenting and liking and telling me you know yeah. just how much it's amazing you guys are impressed with what we're doing out here so yeah. I really appreciate that thank you guys for listening yeah because <laughs> our, our main goal is you our main goal is to get the uh spread awareness of all these events and we want you guys to get involved we want you to uh find yourself yeah i don't want to sound too deep but this is like the the main reason we started the podcast was to get individuals and get different guests on and get them to tell their stories so that you guys could maybe think about life a little bit differently and get motivated so uh, we appreciate you guys listening yeah thanks (laughs) so Charles, being the editor in chief, do you want to? Yes. <laughs> do you want to tell us about your daily routine because you're involved, you're highly involved, and everyone that knows you knows that too, and you've been killing it. Yeah, thank you. I mean, well, my daily routine. Um, let me see. So I wake up around like five thirty usually. I go to sleep really early, um, so it's not really like I'm not getting my hours. But um mm. yeah, I wake up around five thirty. Um I feel very like alert and very clear yeah. in the mornings. I think as yeah. opposed to some other people, I get really groggy as soon as mm. the sun goes down. So like if you ask me to do anything at night, like it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> so yeah, all my friends know like Charles be hanging out tonight, I literally fall asleep. Like <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, yeah. so um yeah. How that, do you feel about like that, like being a morning person? I love it. I yeah. love it so much. Um, I get so much done in the morning, so much mm. more uh, quick mm. than I feel like I do at night. I'm yeah, really, because yeah. I'm on a time limit too. So, like, yeah. I have to get stuff done before it's time for me to actually come to school. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I think that, like, the timing of it kind of gives me the yeah. pressure or whatever. So, just like, because I'm a morning person too. Like, mm-hmm. do you feel like when homework assignments are due, do you, do you ever do them in the morning of, or is that pushing it? Okay, this year I have, like, been a little feel so busy that it's been yeah, yeah. really like procrastinate a lot more yeah, than yeah, I normally for sure. so, yeah definitely um <laughs> that makes sense doing assignments right before mm-hmm. class uh in the mornings uh, but i know yeah, yeah. you know my strengths and weaknesses so i'm not like waiting last minute to do right. something that i know i can't do last minute yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. i think that's like yeah definitely i love spending my mornings doing homework um but then like the rest of my day i 
you know, after I finish my homework, I usually start like blasting music. Um, I hope wake the whole house up <laughs> um, and get ready and then hit, head to school. Mm-hmm. I commute here from Redlands. Oh, okay. And then I yeah. work at the Center for Research on Adventist Education, mm-hmm. Cray. Super amazing. I love it there. I work there in the mornings and then my office hours here with Criterion are from 12 to 1. Mm-hmm. And then I am taking classes from 1 to 5. And then I end my day and start all over again. <laughs> so uh, tell us more about your job, like well, your other job. Not, so at the research center. Yeah. So it's um, the Center for Research on K-12 Adventist Education. Mm-hmm. And what I do there is um, clerical work and I um, help research like different pedagogy styles and oh. different... Um, what, is, what is that exactly? Pedagogy? Yeah, it's pedagogy. like teaching styles. So like if oh, you're wow. using like classical education as opposed to um, a more... STEM-focused mm. curriculum, things like that. Oh, wow. Do you guys... So, like, what would you say is your main goal? Is it, like, to kind of transition education? Or is it, it's like... It's to promote sort of, like, a private Christian education by okay. providing Unique? research, research uh, oh, as research. to the benefits of Christian education as opposed to, like, a public school education. So that we really yeah. just look... We were comparing, so like we kind of gather stats and information from mm. Adventist schools and then compare them to those of public schools or other parochial mm. schools and sort of make uh, marketing materials, things like that, that yeah. we send out to literally all around the world. I've sent packages like Romania about. Mm, wow. like, <laughs> What's something interesting that you, you found out there, like through the research about pu- private schools versus public? Uh, well, I found like pretty much everything that, you know, they kind of kind of, talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really want to, I think that there's sort of benefits to both sides. Yeah. Um, I definitely um, sort of understand more of like the academic sort of mm-hmm. benefits of Adventist education. Mm-hmm. They did the mm-hmm. cognitive genesis study, which was super huge. And PBS did a documentary on that. Mm-hmm. And um, they're always starting these new sort of initiatives that are promoting Adventist education through research, which mm-hmm. is what Sort of convinces me. Like I went to an academy. I went to right. Lomanda. Yeah, you went to Lomanda. <laughs> yeah, 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 so you, we know the academy life. Yeah. But Lomanda is literally like the pinnacle, like standard of oh, like Adventist wow. education. So we really try to like look at because not every Adventist school is like, like Lomanda. A lot of them are, you know, one teacher and eight students in a classroom, and she's teaching all of them in you know somewhere yeah. far away as opposed to Lomanda. That's like fifteen hundred kids, like a mm. full, you know. So it's sort of like. Providing resources that also like help those schools and mm. what see what we can do to help in any way possible. We have a new thing going on called um, ACE Ad, uh, Ambassadors for Adventist mm. Christian Education, which um, you just volunteer and I kind of volunteer under my job and um, help with uh, schools with website building and like logos and PR and sort of what I can do digitally from over here to help mm. like these schools. Uh, increase grow enrollment reach. and great yeah. reach and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, okay. that's my other job. <laughs> wow. Communications. Communications yes. major. What, what made you choose that? Well, when I came into uh, last year, I really wanted to be, in a, I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer. And so that's, I that's thought awesome. that doing PR and doing law at the same time was like what I needed to do right. to be an entertainment lawyer. So I could learn about the PR aspect of like promotion, I don't know, all that stuff. And then yeah. I then have my pre-professional program. And later on, on learn more. So yeah. yeah and, and then as I started um, working um, towards my major in the PR and stuff, I started getting more involved with the political side of it. Mm. And um, in 2016, I worked for Bernie Sanders for um, his campaign. Really? Yeah. And so like that was really like a huge shift 
as far as like what I sort of felt like I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And so... Did you learn anything like specific that kind of provoked you in that aspect? I mean, working for Bernie Sanders is working for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like I was doing what was right. It felt like I was okay. doing what I should be doing in that moment. Okay. It felt like I was involved with something that actually meant something. Mm-hmm. I worked um, doing ADA compliance, mm-hmm. which is the Americans with Disabilities Act. And that is making sure that people who were disabled or who are hard of hearing or any sort of uh, hindrance of them receiving mm. Bernie's message were mm. properly accommodated. And so that meant like escorting them to the front, um, working with Secret Service as far as like bringing them in and out of the venue, uh, stuff like that. So I did that at a few um, rallies here in Southern wow. California. So like that was super yeah. amazing. I got to see Bernie Sanders speak all the time, which yeah. like really inspired me and uh, really changed my perspective about the world. Mm. I mean, one thing that he told us was he wanted to show us that how far you can get and that you don't have to compromise like your morals, you don't have to compromise your beliefs, yeah. you don't have to give in to these super PACs, you don't have to you know change what you're about or you know get derailed of, mm. of your like mm. you know journey towards a success because of the financial aspect of it. And that was like really one of the most like inspirational moments of my life. And then I was like, okay, like for sure, like I'm trying to get into this sort of world and I'm trying to work towards that. And it really motivated me towards like focusing on my law school stuff and mm. you know. <laughs> so this was being more cause driven as opposed to um, financially driven. Mm, yeah. Uh, while you were working with Bernie Sanders and his uh, campaign campaign team, right? Um, no, it was more oh. of working as. Um, yeah, it was his campaign, but campaign. I wasn't like running like the campaign or like working with anything okay. like that. But it was definitely like um, more of like a volunteering, like, okay, uh, okay. sort of side thing. And that was campaign. that was while the criterion or. Yeah, that was why I was in Criterion. So um, that was 2016. So I was just a staff writer for Criterion. I was writing. Was that um, your first year? No, no. I um, so I got with Criterion um, when I was a freshman. I went to Ignite, Mm -hmm. and my Ignite leader Jonah Valdez. Shout out to Jonah. (laughs) Literally, I told him like, yeah, like I'm thinking about getting to um, PR and like writing and stuff like that, and he told me to come and start writing with Criterion. And then my first mm-hmm. week of school, I got an email from, I think her name was Samantha. She mm-hmm. was my arts and entertainment editor at the time. And I remember my first story I ever wrote um, in 2014 was a review of Gone Girl, the oh, movie. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the first one. And then, um, so I wrote with Criterion for two years, 2014-15 um, school year and 2015-16 school year for the mm-hmm. arts and entertainment section. And then 20... Um, 16, 17, I was arts entertainment editor, mm. and then now I'm editor yeah. <laughs> in chief. So, so I've what, been here a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's 2014. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Four, four years. A lot of experience, and you deserve the position. What kind of drew, drew you to the arts and, uh, arts and entertainment? Uh, I mean, that was like really like what I was category, interested in yeah. high school. I was really. Okay. Um, you know, I've always, like, I, like we talked about before, I was like really into, always into music, always into mm-hmm. movies, always yeah. into stuff like that, and I still am. And so that's what really drew me to the section was being able to write about mm. stuff I was doing. And um, I remember I, I would write so many like movie reviews. I did some album reviews, uh, some festival outlooks, definitely wrote like all about Coachella for yeah. the paper and stuff like that. So yeah. it was really cool being able to, you know, experience all this stuff and sort mm-hmm. of uh, go to all these different things and be able to write about them. And it really helped me as far as like organizing my thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, help definitely help me being, become a stronger writer and mm-hmm. becoming a stronger writer, like has proven to be 
the most useful thing yeah, yeah. in my college experience as far, especially as a common uh, pre-law. Were you positive about your first article that you wrote? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was so like, oh my God, I don't want to embarrass myself. I was like, here I am, I was a little mm. freshman. Like, and that was back when we were printing. And so I was like super nervous with like everyone reading my yeah. article and like stuff like that. Yeah. So I tried my best and, you know, we kind of had that, um, that same process of like, I would send my article to the editor. The editor would like make suggestions and like tell me about like different things that I should change and then like I would change them. And so that process definitely helped me as far as like learning how to write, learning how to be a better writer, learning how to, you know, structure my articles properly, learning APA, AP style. Mm-hmm. APA is what we use in the department, but mm-hmm. AP style and sort of how that works. And I definitely like Professor Caldwell, Lynn Caldwell, she was here. Um, all throughout the beginning, like the criterion coming back. And she really like taught me, she was a comp mm-hmm. professor as well. So writing for print media with her, both the advanced writing and the uh, basic writing were both like so helpful. You took the approach of being consistent, but what like approach to the employees did you change? Well, so I've never been in charge of a mm. complete team like this. I've been a member of student associations before. I've been, I'm a member of SALSU. I've been a member of Senate and stuff like that. So, um, but be leading a team like this, it's been amazing. One thing that I really um, paid attention to as far as like bringing in team members and who we were really gonna, um, you know, work with this year was that I felt like everyone really needed to be in sync. And so I really was very um, specific about making sure that we're all very chilled, very relaxed. Mm. Like, you you know, the meetings don't really yeah, go yeah. in a formal sort of way. Yeah. Like, it's more of just me having a conversation. Yeah. I'm not really, like, super, um, you know, I'm very trans- transparent with mm-hmm. the team. I'm very clear about what we're going to do. And, like, you know, I'm super open to discussion. I, like, run every idea past everyone before yeah. I, like make an executive decision or anything like that. It's really like, hey, team, like, this is what my thoughts are. Like, what do you guys Mm -hmm. think about this? Should we do this? Should we not? You know, that way it's kind of like something that we're all doing together. And I make sure that this is something that we're all working on collectively Mm -hmm. and that all of us are very passionate about it. All of us are very into, you know, its success and making sure that we are reaching our goals. Yeah, I I really feel that. And I I really appreciate that too, the type of culture that you're building. Cool. <laughs> is there a is there like any specific things that like for those that are kind of looking to take leadership positions and whatnot? Is there any advice that you would give them? Advice for anyone taking a leadership position: make sure that you are good at time management, mm-hmm. and that's really what it is. It's about managing your time. If it's about waking up at five thirty if you have to to get everything done. It's about knowing what you're good and what you're bad at. Definitely mm-hmm. don't say yes to something that you don't think you can actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I've always, you know, said to myself is I'm not going to put my name on anything that like I don't think is a reflection of myself. And so that means like if I'm going to serve as a senator, I'm going to make sure that no one can ever say Charles Clayton wasn't serving properly as a senator, mm-hmm. you know, or wow, if I'm yeah. going to serve on you know, any sort of committee, I'm going to make sure that I'm, you know, fulfilling my role, like with Criterion. If I'm going to do Criterion, I'm going to make sure Criterion is doing at least the best that I can, you know? So that's sort of what you have to think of is don't join something for a resume. Don't join something Mm. for a cloud. Don't join something for a title. Join something because it's actually something you want to do. And if it's not something you want to do, join something else. So Mm. there's not, 
you know, not everyone yeah. is meant to be a student leader. You know, some people are meant mm-hmm. to do other things. So just don't feel like I know we're in a society where it's like about the how full your resume is, how you know how your GPA is, how this stuff. So you can just keep sort of advancing in your career steps. But it's really about important that what you're doing is not just you know, a lot of different things, but everything that you're doing is like of quality. Is there any like lessons that you, you've learned through, through this year so far? Um, definitely a lesson that I've learned is um, being a better uh, communicator. And I, I'm, I'm going to say like, I'm a communications major. I should be good at it, right? <laughs> but um, it's sort of um, talking to, making sure that I'm relaying messages very clearly, making sure that I am, I, you guys know the thing I'm working on is like texting etiquette. Like, oh. <laughs> so I'm not a really good texter. I'm I, really I like, you know, very dry over text. But like in person, like I'm like, you know, pretty chill. But like yeah. over text, like I don't really use like I mean, a lot of emojis to, yeah. and stuff. And especially when I'm talking to like so many people at like oh, one yeah. time, especially like because, you know, all you guys sort of have questions at the same time that I'm trying to deal with. So if one person asks me a question, all I say is like, yeah, that's fine. And then I move on to the next person. Like mm. the person that got the, yeah, that's fine. is like, hey, Charles, like, is everything okay? Like, da, da, da. Really? <laughs> and I'm oh, like, oh, my bad. Like <laughs> cloud emoji. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. So definitely something I've been learning is as far as my digital conversations, because, you know, like I said, I work at the research center. Mm. I do like, you know, a lot of my writing is like academic, mm. like, research based so like that's really my like writing voice or even working in like news writing mm-hmm. there's no really opinion there's no personality in news writing so that's kind of like transpired oh, into my or like transferred into my like texting lingo as yeah. well sometimes and so I'm trying to like lighten it up <laughs> yeah I mean that's good that you you yeah. notice it I mean is there any like media companies are like for example like complex or like any uh, any modern like culture news companies that, that like i really admire that, yeah that you pay attention to um okay well, i wouldn't say like modern like culture like i don't really read yeah. complex but okay okay i um i love npr <laughs> if that's good enough i love npr um they're not really new or right. anything sort of uh fresh but they're really doing um a lot of new and innovative things yeah. i trust their news um i love Listen to their podcast and listen to it up first every morning. It's about a 13-minute podcast, goes through the news. I'm obsessed with it. David Green and Rachel Martin, I think I love Mm. them. And um, I'm just so impressed with everything they do. I feel like they hold everything to such a high standard. Mm. Even the um, Associated Press, which Mm. is another great news outlet, they, I feel like, really are following that um, book. And I think that they have so many um, people all over the world that are working with Mm. them and are really living in you know, the story themselves. Every time I listen to the podcast or listen to them on the radio, they're like, oh, here's our, you know, representative in Myanmar talking about the Rohingya Muslims. And he's like, while he's talking on the podcast, you hear the entire sort of... Country, huh? Country. (laughs) And you hear the, you know, violence that is going on, the, you know, Rohingya Muslims who are being persecuted out there and they're talking about it and it's happening real time Mm -hmm. in the background. And so I think that sort of news and actually being an active journalist in Mm -hmm. that way is something that we don't really see that much anymore, Mm -hmm. especially with the rise of pop culture. So I really admire them for that. Is there any certain aspect that you have influence criterion like from these news companies? 
Well, the Associated Presses are standard. We uh, use the same style of guide as most other newspapers. Um, we really try to stick within that standard. Um, so I really like, um, we kind of see that pattern with them. Mm. And so I can kind of get ideas about how, you know, just sort of cover stories, just sort of questions to ask. Yeah. Um, it keeps me really up to date. So I always know because NPR is every day, you know, they're constantly going, they always have some content running. And so I really know what's going on that day, the mm. most like current news. And that really helps me sort of understand what we need to be talking about here, the sort of stuff that we have to be working on and sort of what criterion needs to be bringing to the students here at La Sierra mm. and sort of how we can do that. Can you maybe just touch on like some problems that you saw with, with running prints? Yeah. Well, um, it's 2018. You know, where right. print media is, it's a dying entity and it's really, mm. you know, sort of a like depressing and sort of sad to understand, but it is. And so that was really a huge, you know, motive. Everyone's on their phone now. I can't, you know, it's a lot easier to get someone to read a, um, you know, digital article as opposed to, I can't find every single student on campus and like put the criterion in their face right. as opposed to now it's emailed to every single person yeah. on campus. So everyone is given it anyway. And so we've seen our readership go up. We've seen conversations rise. We've seen, you know, the sort of engagements, the dialogue, everything's going up. And so that was definitely a, um, motivated for the transition, but, um, other things like it's expensive and, you know, I keep telling the team like 2018, we're practicing politics, like mm. we're actually going to practice what we preach. And so mm. I was like, it doesn't make sense for us to be putting in like um, in our print issue, all this stuff about the environment and being, you know, sort of oh, aware oh, of yeah. the changing climate and what we're doing. And at the same time, printing a thousand copies mm. of a very big paper. And so that was really what it was. Um, you know, we have a few team members that are on the environmental club. I have that conversation with them as well. And it's just sort of something that we need to focus on. It, it's something that is happening and it's this, this way. We're still getting all the content out there. All the stories are out there and everyone's reading it and we're saving the trees. So that's what I'm about. <laughs> What's an aspect that you feel people don't understand or know about Criterion? Um, well, besides the fact that we're exists and we're alive and running. <laughs> um, I feel like half the campus like knows Criterion, loves Criterion. The other half is like, what's Criterion? Mm. They just see that C sticker everywhere. Everyone knows right. the logo. Everyone yeah. sees the C everywhere. Um, but I don't think that many people um, are atta were attached to it yeah. the way that they are now. And so that's sort of, um, you know, been something that was like a little difficult. Um, I think people, what people don't know also about Criterion is that we offer so much. You know, we offer so much to the students and we really want them to take advantage of that as far as promoting whatever they're working on. Um, we really encourage, you know, we set up this letter to the editor section. That's somewhere where anyone on campus can write in and be like, hey, I think we should cover this story or hey, my club's working on this event and it's coming up and I think we should work on it because I don't think people understand the timeline of how it goes, the editorial process. It's a very extensive process. Yeah. It all starts about two weeks before the stories even come out. So if a it can't be like, you know, you, I learn about a story and then tomorrow it's on the website. Yeah, like it's, yeah. There's so many people that have to see it, so many people that have to approve everything before it goes up. So that's something that a lot of people don't know. But I hope this letter to the editor section is a way where everyone can write in and it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. formal. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, solid. It can just be like, hey, Charles, like this student is doing this amazing thing and I really think everyone should know about it. So here it is. And mm -hmm. then I can... I would totally write about it. Like it, it's not even a question. And yeah. so things like that I want people to know about. Also that we have this new um, 
submission tab on our website where people can submit cinematography, you can submit poetry, you can submit, um, you know, recording, you can submit essays, research, literally anything that you want, you know, everyone to see and you want to be able to give to people and you want it to be online and shared and of course like credited to whoever. But, you know, that's really what I want people to know, especially, yeah, and like being able to be, um, you know, distributed and everyone will still, you know, do it. We've had two students submit work. We had, um, in our black history issue, we had someone, Daniel Velasquez submitted an article talking about his Afro Latin experience and sort of how, you know, people have separated Afro Latinos from the African American community and sort of how we need to be, um, collective. And I thought that was an amazing piece. And we ran in our black history issue. And, um, we had another girl, Shannon, who wrote, about her experience as being black and that mm. identity and um, people asking her, well, what are you? And, you know, who, like, where are you really from? Like those mm. sort of questions and how that made her feel and how yeah. that has, you know, shaped her. And that. so those submissions are really some of the best content that Criterion is pushing out mm. because they're so personal. Yeah, and so yeah. that's really what I want to, you know, let people know is that we're here to share whatever mm. you want shared and whatever you want to get out there. And this is really a resource for you guys more in so many different yeah. ways and just providing information. Yeah. So is there any particular favorite articles or stories that you, you ran? Um, well, besides those ones, one mm. of my favorites that we did was the um, one print issue we did this year. I felt like doing print was really important. I think that um, a lot of us are here, are interested in journalism, are interested in writing and building our portfolios. And when you have something actually printed, some hard copy where you're actually learning how to still do print media, mm-hmm. even though it's sort of a classic sort of entity like we already talked about, but I think that it's so important. And so that whole issue I was so impressed with. Um, we did a sort of combined theme of refugees and climate change because a lot of people don't even know about this, but yeah. there's so many refugees that are climate refugees. Oh, wow. And it's because where they're living, the... Um, water's drying up, The they cannot raise like livestock, they can't grow crops and they literally have to f- like leave their country because they cannot survive. And that's a whole different type of refugee that people aren't even thinking about. And I was listening to NPR and they said that farmers were becoming so poor because they couldn't, you know, give away their land and do stuff like that, that they were practically like selling their daughters into mm-hmm. child marriages for the um, for money or for cattle or for things from older men and their like daughters are young and they're doing it so their family can survive and so you sort of see like how climate change in itself has affected so many smaller parts of the world and has changed some or has increased even things like you know child marriages or um, hydraulic poverty where people have mm-hmm. to like walk miles to get their water and stuff like that and so in that issue. We spoke to uh, Hedy Lynn, who was a refugee here, and she goes to a student here. She's a student here and talked about how she, they literally, the professor just stopped coming to school and that, like, she had, like, you know, you can't stay. So she came as a refugee here. That story was super inspiring. We wrote about um, climate change as well, talking with all these different professors about how it is, how religion and climate change come together, how it's our, yeah. you know, how it's God's you know, will for us to really care for this planet, you know, and the, the religion and greening, you know. And so that was super interesting. That issue really blew my mm-hmm. mind. And I think that the stories were so thought-provoking yeah. and so and encouraging. And so 
you know, they really changed yeah. the narrative. And that's that, like, you know, and I was like, okay, yeah. like, we can't print. <laughs> uh, Comes right back to that, like, yeah. this printing stuff. Because it sounds like the message was there and everything, and the value was there for the people to read. But yeah. Did you and feel like it, it didn't get enough exposure? That um, issue, I think, got a lot of exposure. That's great. I That's think great. we really pushed that out there. It was our one print of the quarter. They're still dispersed around awesome. campus, and yeah. I see people, you know, picking them up. But it's really... It's about, you know, if people want to read, they'll read. So right. um, oh, that's, that's why hopefully this new digital yeah. stuff kind of attracts them in a different way. With that being said, do you have, do you see a future for Criterion? I do. And I think Criterion's future is really bright. I think that, um, you know, what we've really built this year has the potential to really change what the paper has become and sort of what it can be. And hopefully, you know, the new team that we bring in next year and that takes over this big but beautiful job will be, you know, just as inspired as we've been, just as creative as we've been, just as, you know, pushing stuff that matters and mm. not taking no for an answer and really making sure that we're creating something worth being proud of. Mm. And so I've, that's the future for Criterion is something to be proud of. It's It should be the pulse of mm. our campus. It should be... You know, every student's go-to resource. It's something that's completely digital now. It's not something that, you know, requires much, you know, of, of flipping through or you don't even mm. have to be on campus to read it. You know, yeah. a lot of people are yeah. commuters. So we're hoping that, you know, the future is full of more resources, more opportunities, more growth, and more sort of acknowledgement, yeah. you know, by our campus and sort of an appreciation for news and yeah. what it is and what it has to offer. Yeah. So that's what I hope for our our future. Do you have any advice for a smart driven uh, potential leader for next year? A potential leader for yeah. Criterion. Hello, if you're out there, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Whoever's listening, if you're really interested in, you know, taking over this position, I won't be here next year. I'm going to go study abroad in Italy and see yeah. what that's like, see what that's about, that's that new yeah. territory. And so I think that whoever takes over Criterion just be resilient, um, be very confident in what you're doing, know what you want to do and see it happen and do whatever you can to make it happen. If there are obstacles that come up, don't just settle. Don't mm -hmm. just be like, oh, okay, well, you know, if anyone's like, well, in the past we've done it this way, just be like, well, I get that in the past you've done it this way, but I don't think that worked in the past. You know, in the past you were doing that, but I don't think people we're reading it like that, you know? So mm. it's about trying new things like this podcast or, you know, trying new things as far as like just growing the newspaper yeah. and seeing what you can do. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And you dust yourself off and you try again and mm. the whole entire team will be there mm. to try again with you. Before you go, because you still have a quarter left yes. here. And so spring quarter, what are, what are some things that you're looking forward to? Spring quarter, I'm looking forward to definitely this Criterion Daily thing that we've been talking about. Yeah. This um, daily podcast we're thinking of doing, sort of like NPR does. That's some yeah. inspiration. <laughs> um, the Just daily news, the daily campus announcements, something short and sweet that we can throw on Apple Podcasts that yeah. students can listen to every morning when they're getting ready in their dorm room or if they're driving to school from you know wherever they live. I know we have a lot of commuters. And, so, and I also know that like... I'm tired of listening to the same songs when I drive to school every day, you know? Like, you just kind of like, oh, like, this is just what I normally listen to, so I just yeah. play it, you know? And yeah. then, you know, this is a way to give yourself something fresh, something new yeah. every day, yeah. you know? So I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about 
um, you know, the stories the team is working on. We're really um, trying to finish on a high note. I'm not really going to give too much away about what we're working <laughs> yeah. on, but it's super exciting and it's going to be in you guys' email inboxes yeah. really soon next quarter. So I'm really excited about that. We're also touching on the other Oh, yes, position. our position. So talked about the editor. And then we have the managing editor who's sort of like um, a secretary. She... Um, Jana Sameta right now. I love her so much. Yeah. She's amazing. She's so on top of it. Um, they are in charge of taking the minutes for our meetings, the sort of communication with the entire staff. We have about 20, a staff of 25 people, so it's a lot of people to talk to. Um, as far as like keeping our calendar updated and making sure that all the little housekeeping things are really in order. And so then we have the copy editor who's in charge of making sure AP style is being followed and all the writing is held to a certain standard. Um, that's Shauna Ashlock right now, and she's doing an amazing job. I, we've been friends since, like, mm-hmm. what, seventh grade, and she's always been an, an amazing writer and amazing in every single thing she takes on. And then we have our features editor, Rania, who it was actually her first time editing oh, really? when she took on features editor, and she wrote an article um, for us last year called um, Being Muslim in America, and I think it's on the website. But it's about her experience being a Muslim woman, not only on our campus, but in this country that is so divided. And I was so impressed with her writing, so impressed with that piece that I was just like, how can I get you on the team? Mm -hmm. And I talked to her and she is just blown out of the park. I've been so impressed with her growth. I've been so impressed with like how she's been learning. If she wasn't graduating this year, I'd be like, Rania. But no, I'm so impressed with her. And then we have our... A&E editor, Asia, who is amazing as well. She is really keeping the content fresh, writing about Black Panther, writing about all these music festivals and all these film festivals coming up. Her and her team, we have people working for her in the um, film and arts department and people in the music department that write with her. And so they're always talking about all this arts and entertainment stuff. And she's really just like super impressed me with that. And we have our um, photo editor, Joseph Ramos, who is in charge of collecting all of the photos for all of the articles and all the photos that are put on the website. And he's, you know, great photographer, has been super um, innovative. It was his idea for the gallery and the submissions oh, and uh, yeah. creating something where students can submit their photography and their artwork and really promote it. And so he's been super impressive that way. And we have the newsletter position with Allie, which is her our first year doing that. And so she, I kind of talked about that already, but she's like been so impressive mm-hmm. in creating something like that. So um, she's really, you know, she didn't get a job description like everyone else. And I was just like, hey, like, I don't really know what this is going to be, mm-hmm. but let's make it something great. Mm-hmm. And she's done that. So sure. that's, a, and that's, um, you know, newsletter editors in charge of the content that is really for commuters is kind of how it's focused as far as resources for students, stuff like what the counseling center has to offer mm-hmm. and like the gas and like the um, discounts and stuff like that. So I love, you know, Allie and what she's done with the newsletter. And then we have our webmaster, which mm-hmm. is Nico, and he's in charge of all the website and social media stuff that goes up. And I don't know how he does it. I really yeah. don't. I'm like, hey, Nico, like, I don't know if this is like possible, but I think yeah. that I would like us to have some sort of graphic about this, this, this. And he's like, oh, that's super easy. And like does it in like five minutes. And I'm like, what, dude? Like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I've been super impressed with that position. And then we have um, 
Tracy, who is our marketing coordinator and that is in charge for selling the ad space that Criterion has to offer. She's um, been super on top of that. She's created this whole digital map of every single person that you know, criterions advertise for and like who's going to advertise for us in the future and who's interested and who's not and like sort of create, you know, making sure the media kids getting out there and stuff like that. So that's been a super cool position. And then we have your position, the podcast, which right. is also, um, you know, super cool and video pro- stuff you've been producing. Like mm. I've been so impressed with the original music that you made that you guys probably heard at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah that Aaron made that like he didn't buy it in. he yeah, didn't yeah. download that from anywhere he made that and so um sort of all these positions um I'm trying to think if I remember forgetting any we have so many are amazing 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 sponsor mm-hmm. Dr. Tafoya she's where do I even start like whoever comes in next year and gets to work with Dr. Tafoya you're going to learn so much and you're going to have someone that's guides you in a way that you know, you're going to be so grateful for. She's a great person to have on your team. Mm-hmm. She's a great person. She's always looking out for your success. And she keeps it chill. You know, like you guys, you know, I consider Dr. T a friend. Like yeah, she's a sure. friend that I respect to the highest esteem. And I, you know, it's so like weird, like actually having classes with her because she's a communications professor. And so I'm working on undergraduate research. I'm trying to work on some research with her. And um, we're working on some stuff together. And um, what I've learned from her is has just really held me to a high standard. It's really, I've impressed myself <laughs> in <laughs> some of the great, ways, yeah. you know, because it's like, okay, she's my criterion sponsor and my professor. If I turn in anything that's like mm. remotely bad writing, she's probably like, Charles, like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's been amazing having every single person on this team. So <laughs> <laughs> rapid questions? Yeah, rapid fire questions. Uh, this is the new segment. How does this work? So we, I will run down a list of questions that you'll just answer quickly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're, they're simple questions. It's it's not thought provo- provoking or okay. anything, but this is just so that people could get to know you a little bit better and okay. get to Let's do it. love I'm you. I'm ready. So what what was the last awkward situation you've been in? Oh my god, the last awkward situation. So if you guys know when you walk into the admin building from like outside in like the lower lot um the window and the doors are like blacked out so like a mirror <laughs> and I'm, I'm always like looking at myself like because i walk in there to go uh-huh. like senate meetings or anything <laughs> so i'm like standing and i walk in and then like i'm, I'm standing at the door like checking myself out yeah, like yeah. fixing like my like face and everything and then like i walk in and there's like a desk and like a desk desk person just like sitting there like watching me <laughs> from the other side of the door and i was like uh like just ran yeah. by so, yeah so awkward moment that's hilarious <laughs> Uh, what's your jam right now? My jam. What am I listening to? I have so many jams. Oh my god, I can't even think of one. Um, what's my jam? Okay. Um, first of all, Britney Spears' entire discography has certainly just <laughs> become like okay. Like don't laugh at me, but Britney Spears. Like I don't know why. I think it's just a nostalgic feeling of like mm. that's what I was listening to yeah. when I had not a care in the world. So yeah, yeah. it just like I don't know. It's like a relaxing sort of thing yeah. for me. I feel it. I feel hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. If you don't mind sharing, what is your wallpaper on your phone? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) My wallpaper is a little chicken. Um, (laughs) What is that little chicken? Literally a chicken sitting at a table. It's just how I feel all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a chicken awkwardly sitting (laughs) at a table. I can't believe you asked me that. Um, But I just like sit at it and like look at it in class. And like it just like kind of pops up when I unlock my phone and it makes me laugh. And so it's just like... (laughs) 
<laughs> like it's like a breath of fresh air every oh, time I cool. lock my phone, see this funny little chicken. <laughs> uh, I promise I'm not weird. <laughs> what's the what's the last thing you googled? The last thing I googled. Um, the last thing I googled. Let's see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So the last thing I Googled was chicken. <laughs> I was just like trying to look at pictures of like, a dick, like chickens. <laughs> oh my God. This is such bad timing. Yeah. So the last thing I Googled was chicken. Um, before I'm pretty sure I Google like what the words, like what the definitions of certain words are. I do that all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I feel it. Commodify. I, I, <laughs> I googled that this morning. Yeah, I remember commodify because I tweeted the word commodify, and I want to make sure I was like using the right definition. <laughs> Scrabble or charades? Definitely Scrabble. Charades, like I'm so awkward. Like everyone knows, I get so nervous. Like mm. in front of like, it has to be like a large group of people. If it's like a large group of people, I'm chilling. But if it's like five of us and I'm like doing something in front of the five of you, like I'm like, mm, like look away. <laughs> so yeah, definitely Scrabble. Scrabble's the game of the mind, and I'm better at that. <laughs> Uh, chocolate or vanilla? Um, chocolate? Like what? Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's one word that you're guilty of saying too often? Like. Mm. I say like all the time. I mean, I'm not really like guilty of it, but I definitely say like. Mm. Um, I don't really, I'm like really confident with, <laughs> like, mm. I'm like really confident with like everything that I say, so. Or do you do you feel like it's like something that you want to fix or? Um, well, I feel like if I'm gonna be like pre-law, then oh, to like <laughs> get my seriousness and like my yeah. speech, like I can't be like your honor. Like I just like don't understand why this like you know. <laughs> so that's definitely like something I want to work yeah. on. <laughs> like for real. Who's the last person that called or texted you? The last person that I texted was. Um, my friend Swanee, mm. my BFF, she lives in Florida. I love her so much. She was talking to me about the podcast and like subscribing and, you know, talking about like what best friends talk about and yeah. over text. That's so, awesome. Yeah, just, uh, love her to death. Shout out Swanee. She'll <laughs> love this. She'll love this. What's the last vacation you took? The last vacation I took, um, so Christmas, mm. I think was the last time I went on a... Um, Big vacation. Um, I went to Santa Barbara for a little bit. It was more of like a staycation. Santa Barbara's not oh, too far, yeah. but I went up there for Christmas and I spent some time there. Um, you know, just relaxing oh, yeah. on the beach and at this resort. And it was just so. It was a little. You know, only three hours away, but mm. it felt like I was in a whole new like world because, yeah. and that was really good for me. So yeah, last vacation I went was Santa Barbara. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> so other than riding, what would be your hobby? Um, other than writing, I love spending time with my friends. Like, I know, like, I, it sounds weird, but I love, mm. or it sounds cliche, but, like, I love spending time with my friends. I mean, we That's go do great. some of the most amazing stuff. I've been friends with most of my friends since seventh grade. Mm. So we're still the same unit, you know, <laughs> yeah. my homies, like, Morgan, Adeline, yeah. Josh, like, yeah, y'all know who you are. Like, they all <laughs> know. Yeah, my friends are the ones that listed and support me. So, yeah. yeah, they're definitely, you know, they're my team, mm. um, my social team. So, Sweet. yeah. Pancakes or waffles? I'm like neither. I definitely <laughs> prefer some eggs Benedict. Mm. Like impress me. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles, I'll pass. I'm not a huge sweets person. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Winter or summer? Um, 
summer because mm. like I don't have to. I don't know, like, show off my legs. Mm. <laughs> summer, mm. I'm, like, chilling. Uh, summer's also, like, deathly hot, though, but I love yeah. winter because anyone who knows me knows I love hoodies and a baseball cap. So, like, I'm always in hoodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can find me in a different color hoodie every day. So I love hoodies. I love winter. But a California winter isn't mm. a real winter. So yeah. I've been to – I live in Minnesota, and mm. that's a completely different winter, and that winter can mind its own business. I'm not trying <laughs> to talk about winter ever again. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the last question, what is your favorite snack? My favorite snack, okay, I, like, go home all the time and, like, I just sit and, like, watch movies with, like, an avocado. Oh, really? So I just, like, cut an avocado in half, take the seed out and, like, put some, like, lime and, like, some, uh, you know, season something. Oh, <laughs> Whatever, yeah. you know, get a spoon. I just sit there and eat the avocado. So favorite snack, I love avocados. <laughs> all right, guys, so... Is there any any last things you want to say to the campus or anyone that's Nope. Um, just... Please, like, you know, read the criteria. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, let me know if, what your guys' thoughts are. See yeah. me anytime. If you see me around campus, just be like, hey, Charles, I love this. Or like, you know, hey, Charles, I think you guys should write about this mm-hmm. and just like talk to me about it because, you know, I feed off of, you know, you guys' energy yeah. and what you guys are wanting to hear and what you guys are listening about. And so that's what I'm down for. Yeah. That's my last, my final note. Well, <laughs> and this is the last episode of the podcast for this winter quarter. And coming into spring quarter, it's going to be a new season. So we're glad to finish this season off strong with our leader. Yes, thank you. Thank Thanks, you. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you for checking out this episode of the Criterion Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and gained a lot of value from it. Now, please go out and share this. If you really found value from it, um, send it to a classmate or two (laughs) and uh, go over to Instagram and follow us at Criterion now.